LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? Welcome to another episode on the Triple F Fashion, Fitness, and of course, Food Podcast. This episode's going to be a little interesting for sure i'm going to go on a little bit more uh, of a rant and it's kind of opinionated a little episode um uh, some things that kind of been dist- you know annoying me in the last course of 2019 here are all these restaurant closings as you can tell it's been about three years since i started this podcast um and things are going fantastic we're launching episode 125 tonight which is absolutely phenomenal i'm super excited about this um, and so I want to kind of look into this. There's quite a few restaurants I've wanted to try in the past I couldn't have, or a few restaurants that were on a podcast that ended up closing, and it's something that kind of like scares me a little bit. So I just want to do like a deep dive and actually read an article for you that I found that kind of walks into it, and then we'll kind of discuss a few of the surprising closes, including Grace, a Michelin star restaurant, where the cooking staff actually just walked out one night and just left the restaurant empty-handed. So here we go. Uh, Why are so many restaurants going bankrupt? Could we see a massive reduction in restaurant locations in the next few years? By Gary M. Stern in March 2019 at Chain Restaurants on foodnewsfeed.com. In recent months and years, the restaurant industry has been and seen its share of bankruptcies, including, but not limited to, filings from Bertucci's, Logan's Roadhouse, Real Mex Restaurants, Fast Casual New Mediterranean, Romano's Macaroni Grill, Scotty's Brewhouse, Ruby's Diner, and Iron Chef Jose Garcia. Bankruptcies aren't anything new in the industry, but they've been proliferating at a rapid pace compared to more sporadic declarations 10 years ago. Also, I don't know what one of those restaurants are. <laughs> the industry is saturated with restaurants, says Darren Tristano, CEO of Food Service Results a Chicago, Illinois-based restaurant research firm. Because of this overbuilding of full-service dining eateries, even once successful chain restaurants are grappling with decline traffic. Quote, if they can't raise prices, it's difficult to stay stable, Tristano adds. Many of the chains turning bankruptcy are on the bubble. They're struggling with debt and loans they can't afford to remodel, and they lack the ability to innovate around the menu. Several factors have been driving the spate of Chapter 11s, says Dave Bennett, the Houston, Texas-based CEO of Myris Restaurant Solutions, a restaurant software specialist. Quote, there's been an abundance of inexpensive money that people have dipped into. And now that interest rates have started to go up, they have to go write a debt at a higher interest rate. Ten years ago, Bennett says, the restaurant industry was booming and chains needed to expand to meet consumer demands. That demand had trailed off as restaurant traffic dipped due to an increase in third-party delivery companies and heightened competition from prepared diners at various supermarkets like Whole Foods Market, Trader Joe's, and Kroger. Too many full-service eateries have been quickly adapted to delivery, and that's contributing to the rash of bankruptcies, Trisano says. 
It's not in their DNA to deliver. They don't understand packaging and logistics. Their mindset is full service at the table. We're in a zero-sum game, he adds. For every restaurant that opens, they close one. In a tight restaurant environment where competition is stiff, quote, if you make a mistake, you can't recover. Definitely seen that. Saddled with high rents in retail malls, strip malls, and high traffic locations, restaurant chains are riddled with inexpensive leases, declining customers, and high costs. Quote, the industry is caught. I can almost see it spitting in two industries, retail focus and convenience, where the food is brought to you, end quote, what Bennett says. Because of the emphasis on delivery and lessening needs to sit-down eateries, Bennett sees a significant 15% reduction in restaurant locations in the next few years, which could eliminate up to 100,000 restaurant sites. Declaring Chapter 11 for restaurant chains enables them to lessen their debt, restructure leases, and hold off some creditors. Chains look to, quote, eliminate or write down bad decisions, Bennett says bluntly. For example, many chains that built restaurants for seating capacity of 300 people and are paying pricey rents are now serving 150 customers a night and therefore need to restructure leases to stay in business. Several chains have declared bankruptcy two or three times, leading them to say it's not their first rodeo in the bankruptcy world. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Having reduced their debt, many chains bounce back. Bennett says chains recover from bankruptcy most often due to better blocking and tackling going through their menu simply in training. Inevitably, success stems from ensuring staff is motivated, customer service improves, employees are on board with new operational focus. All that leads to customers returning a second and third time. Repeat customers. It's the way to win from over business. Anyways, back to the article. One, favorite, one factor that often leads to bankrupt chains turning their fortunes around is a change in CEO executive leadership. The new leaders are often more successful players in the game and allows them to think differently and do new and exciting things that haven't been done before. The new CEO scrutinized all his costs, including advertising, research, and staffing. Yet one mistake that Bennett sees happening repeatedly during bankruptcy and chains don't cut enough costs, reduce enough locations, and curtail staff. Too many chains come out of bankruptcy with too much debt, he says. They need to be ruthless in cutting back expenses. But it's not just finances that really these troubled chains. Quote, if you approach bankruptcy as just a financial play, you probably won't succeed. It has to be accommodating to a new operational strategy for the brand, Bennett says. Creating a new culture in the restaurant chain contributes to bouncing back from bankruptcy. The leaders must, quote, start rallying the troops. If they don't execute, customers will experience something dull and not come back. Robert Earl, the Orlando, Florida-based owner of Earl Enterprises, which operates several restaurant chains, including Planet Hollywood, Buca Beppo, and Earl of Sandwiches, has seen bankruptcy from many vantage points. For example, his Planet Hollywood chain has declared Chapter 11 twice and bounced back each time. Robert Earl? Okay, yeah, I know what he's talking about. In June, Earl Enterprises swooped in and acquired Bertucci's, a chain of 38 pizza and pasta eateries that debuted in Somerville, Massachusetts 37 years ago for $21 million. It declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy in April 2018. Earl, a savvy entrepreneur and former Cooking Channel host, noted that Bertucci's saga mirrored many other restaurant chains in Chapter 11. Quote, it had changed hands several times, the owners had lost their way, and it had changed the brand and the concept, he says. But in other ways, Earl noted that Bertucci's lapsing into bankruptcy isn't a classic case. It's a pizza business, and most sit-down chains have encouraged problems because they haven't kept pace with the speed of service that millennials and others crave in 2019. 
Bertucci's doesn't have that issue. Sit-down eateries are losing out to fast casual restaurants that offer value and speed, he said. Declaring Chapter 11 enables Bertucci's previous owners to provide a, quote, protective measure that allows you to stop, look at the business, look at your indebtedness, and try to make decisions on how the company can get you on a solid financial track. Acquiring Bertucci's appeal to Earl because its pizza and pasta business mirrored, quote, the space we trade in, referring to his helping Boca de Peppo regain his footing. Bertucci's, he says, was a brand that wasn't tarnished in ways of other brands. It was a 37-year-old chain that had been forgotten. People didn't have bad experiences there. And if you were to ask most people in the Boston area, they'd say, I love Bertucci's, but I haven't been there in years. Classic. The role of Earl and his team was to reignite its culture, reestablish how people used to go there regularly and reinvigorate it. Quote, in my view, you stay in the brand that people are most familiar with, he says. Since Bertucci was recognized for gourmet pizza before it came trendy, Earl wanted to return to that as a signature dish. Earl based Bertucci's mission on establishing three values. Value, quality, and variety. And Earl is proceeding cautiously, evaluating what's working and what's not, and staying tuned into customers' reactions. He's operating like a doctor who wants to know everything about a patient before he offers a solution. Quote, we're a work in progress right now. He acknowledges that some menu offerings need some menu engineering, and it's taking place since menu items that most customers ignore were being eliminated. Ironically, Bertucci paid little attention to delivery, counter to what most traditional pizzerias, eateries focus on, and Earl sees strengthening that segment a way to boost revenue. In the next two years, Earl envisions that Bertucci will see a higher profitability of existing portfolio and develop a new flagship outlet in the Boston area of some geographical spread. If bankrupt restaurant chains want to bounce back, the most effective step, Tristano says, are one, change the leadership to reinvigorate the brand, two, close as many underperforming restaurants as possible, and three, reevaluate the menu, price points, ingredients, and cost structure. This article is fantastic. I mean, at the end of the day, it really kind of wraps around how people in charge are just doing things the way that they used to, expecting different results, which is kind of the definition of insanity of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So it's really interesting. I was going to kind of read uh, a list of all the restaurants that closed in 2018 here in Chicago, but it's nine pages long. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I could read a, a list of all the restaurants uh, that you need to know about, uh, for sure, here in Chicago, though. Uh, the Edgewater, a family-owned cake and cupcake shop. Maddie's Bakery closed at the end of March. Owners on San Facebook. Uh, crap. And Humble Park, Bullhead Cantina, a uh, Mexican bar and restaurant closed its doors forever. In High Park, Barbecue Supply Company on 53rd Street has been losing activity like crazy. Uh, but they actually rebranded and are now open as AJ's Pit and Barbecue. Uh, in Noble Square, the owners of the family-run Wilson's Hot Dog, located in the former Flip Burger building at uh, 1141 North Ashton, told the East Chicago they considered moving nearby. Uh, in Oak Park, Bar Louie closed at the 1022 Lake Street. Unfortunate. In Oak Park, Mancini's Italian Bistro, Natasha Martinez, the owner, has closed the restaurant in the late March. Absolutely terrible. In Naperville, Two Brothers Brewing, Bar and Deli, The Craftsman, is temporarily closed for reconception. So I guess they're closed and kind of rebranding themselves. In March of this year, uh, in Chinatown, House of Fortune closed down. In Pilsen, a family-run Italian restaurant, Chato's Pasta House, closed on 18th Street. In Oak Park, Prairie Bread Kitchen, closed after 24 years at 103 Marion Street. 
in Rosemont. Shoeless Joe's Ale House and Grill owner Joe Manicelli Jr. announced the sports bar closing after 30 years in the northwest suburb. Tragic. In Skokie, Creative Lane shut down stores at 5051 Oak Street. So Transylvania-born owner Maris Spetsian offered dishes from Eastern Europe with a flair. Sucks at the close. Uh, in Humboldt Park, Cup and Spoon closed. Navy Pier, DMK's Burger, Westtown, Mahoney's Pub and Grill, Evanson, Jilly's Bistro. Oh, man, this is just crazy. It goes on and on. It's just here in 2019. There's another 37 restaurants that closed just in 2019 alone. One of the most crazy ones I want to talk about was Grace officially closed after the kitchen staff walked out. Uh, this was absolutely weird. Uh, Chef Curtis Duffy and GM Michael Mooser's departure of the three Michelin star restaurant in the West Loop closed. Much of the restaurant staff walked out on Tuesday, a day after Duffy's exit. Muser had left on December 1st. This is absolutely wild. People just walked out. And I heard some crazy things because uh, there was actually a lockbox full of truffles, and they were missing the day after the staff walked out. And so, actually, uh, there was a lawsuit involved. Who owes the money for the truffles? Because, obviously, truffles are really expensive. But it just goes to show that, like, management or even the owners, which happened to be an investment company, didn't actually agree with what was going on on the floor, which was the management staff and the head chef. So looking at it the way is running a restaurant is running a business, and who's king? The customer's always king. you got to filter out what to serve, serve it well, do it right, don't make things too complicated, and focus on what you do best, and enjoy yourself. That's, I mean, if you watch Shark Tank, that's what it's all about. People try to go and, like, we're going to, like, rule the world, all this stuff. And, like, all the sharks are like, no, just focus on what you're good at and just be successful at that. But here's the silver lining of this. From the ashes rises a phoenix, right? Things burn to the ground, you know, you know, black plague in Europe results in the Renaissance, right? With all these restaurant closings, opens the door for other restaurants to open. And hopefully restaurant owners are... Learning from the past experiences, not necessarily their own, but probably the past experiences of other restaurants that failed. Figure out what works, what doesn't work, and really just pursue things at an appropriate pace and level, and just go out there and succeed. I'm really excited to try some more restaurants here in 2019. If you have any thoughts, opinions, please DM me with all your thoughts on this. It was absolutely fantastic. If you hear any other possible restaurants closing, please let me know. I love to go check them out before they do, but hopefully good riddance for all restaurants moving forward. This episode is sponsored by Bites Kitchen. The best of times are always shared at the table. Good food, good drinks, good stories, good friends. Wish I had any of those. <laughs> at Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They are also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting there with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in 
iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.